Welcome to the Live Right Now podcast with author, speaker, and chef Wendell Fowler and me, the official ringer of the Fiber Bell, producer Alan. This is where food and faith come together in a recipe for mindful living as we talk about how we can live right now. Here we go. What is this? The uh, official episode what, five? I now? know, and this is the fifth one now. So, or, or do we count the teaser episode and make us? Uh, well, count. we we call it episode five. That's, if, you're, if you're looking for it on uh, Apple Podcasts, it's it's actually labeled episode five. But, That's right. But if you're listening to this, then you've already found it. So, so yeah. So that's problem solved. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> Hi, Alan. How you doing, Chef buddy? Wendell Fowler, hey. producer Alan, hey. and it's another episode of the Live Right Now podcast. We've got. Uh, some some things growing for you here uh in spring now so mm -hmm. uh, these things are, are you know popping up out of the ground uh and some people in their yard and everything too when alfred lord tennyson said he said in spring a young man's fancy turns to all things beautiful like something like that i think it turns to asparagus <laughs> well it is the dawning of the age of oh, asparagus oh, yes it is. i can't oh. believe i beat you to that yes you did an old hippie <laughs> like me good grief I, I should be banned from using patchouli forever in my life now <laughs> no no that'll never happen yeah, yeah. so asparagus there's yes. a lot of good things about asparagus i mean it is famous for changing the smell of <laughs> of, of your pee. Isn't that funny? The first thing people go, I like asparagus, but boy, it makes my pee smell. But a lot of folks, they only know asparagus one way. Yeah. And I, you know, I think they got it wrong if you're covering it in hollandaise sauce. Oh, yes. Oh, I mean, no, not, you know, a good hollandaise sauce, okay, fine, but you're killing the flavor. Sorry, Escoffier, but we have to go down this road. But usually a sausage, you know what sausages were made for originally? Made to, to cover up the taste of fetid food, you know, fetid meat. It was to disguise the flavor of what we say a while ago. Why would you want to disguise a flavor of fresh asparagus? That beautiful flavor was something that overpowers it and turns it from something that's very healing and very healthy into something that's, sure, it tastes good, but it's going to deplete your health rather than, you know, advance it. Asparagus is a wonderful thing. So why don't we start, I, I know you've got more than this, but how okay. about... The top three things that people need to know about asparagus. Oh, absolutely. Well, asparagus, you know, first of all, it tastes wonderful. <laughs> um, That's one. And it's loaded with fiber. Ah, the fiber bell. Ah, thank you, fiber bell. The fiber bell lives on. Now, Alan, did you know that just a five-ounce portion of, of our freshest... Now, fresh. We're not talking about the canned stuff. Remember that stuff we used oh. to pull out of a can? It looked like swamp, something you'd clean off the top of a <laughs> You pull it out of the can, you'll you at dripping in whatever it is oh, it's been stored and in. It just, just kind of goes, Yeah, you know, you don't want your asparagus wah, to... Wah, wah. No. <laughs> Never let it go limp, I tell you. That's a good sign that something's not working right. Anyway, a five-ounce portion of, of, of um, asparagus provides folicin, which is necessary for blood cell form formation and growth. And folic acid helps prevent liver disease, cervical cancer, colon and rectal cancer, and heart disease. I mean, this, it goes on. You want me to go on? Yeah, we've I mean, gone, I mean, we've gone past just, three things, but keep going. Well, this, I mean, this is why I'm telling people plant foods. You've got to realize that food is vitamins. Food is not just bull calories. You've got to look at food as a vitamin pill on a plate, as we've said well, before. I mean, every time you make a meal, you should be looking at a vitamin pill on Absolutely. your plate. That's, that's where you should be getting your exactly. nutrients. That's how God intended mm -hmm. it to be. Exactly. Your plate is, is essentially the altar for your holy 
temple. Absolutely, Alan. It's an altar of gratitude to all that is for giving us. If we think that all this produce and all these plants on the earth were not put here for any particular reason, then we really need to reevaluate. <laughs> where we're, I mean, that's what food God put food on the plant for, was to nourish us and to sustain us, to heal us, to rebuild us, to make us into the best person we can possibly be, and to be happy. Well, and the food itself is good. I mean, well, God provides us so many good things, and the food is included. It's not just because it's good for us. The food is good. <laughs> exactly. And yet, man in false hubris, hubris, thinks that he can outgraft the hand of God and improve on what God's given us to use to nourish our holy temple. And man, in no way, I'm not sure what universe they live in, will never, ever be able to improve on God. Absolutely not. Um, and, and to think that is just blind, false, hubris. They, they must be a reptile not to understand what's going on here. I mean, we are here earth god gave us everything we need a heavenly apothecary and we've been directed after the industrial revolution to look everywhere but earth to give us the nutrients god so planned for us and so that's why you look at 100 years ago all the disease rates that's why we're all so sick because we're not we're vitamin starved alan because we don't eat as things like what we're talking about asparagus today because, you know, we talked about what was in asparagus, but I'm going to go on. The B vitamins, thiamine, B6, one of the richest sources of rutin, a phytochemical drug that strengthens our capillary walls relating to heart disease. It's especially rich in um, what do they call antioxidants, vitamin A, C, and E. And then asparagus, you've got people probably trying to sell you these, these, the, these vitamins that you see around uh, called glutathione. But asparagus contains glutathione that actually helps repair DNA damage. I mean, nothing man, a little Debbie's in a ho-ho and a Mountain Dew is not going to do this, you know what I'm saying? But now they're even saying uh, a compound found in asparagus shows some antiviral activity. But, you know, <laughs> we have to go to like the pee thing. Um, so, so why does it make our peace? Well, I mean, I, I, you know, this only happens to about 50% of the population. It's not everybody. Oh, not, it's not everybody? No, it's everybody. It's not, so it's not just me? No. <laughs> no. Actually, they've done tests where people ate asparagus and stood next to each other while they're being and actually, hey, Bill, your smells pretty good. How's mine smell? I mean, they had to do it. You know, they I, had to I do, do these tests. I'm glad I'm not the experimenter <laughs> yeah, who had to figure too. that out. <laughs> well, you know, Ben Franklin was so concerned about... Uh, when he first ate asparagus, oh my God, great Zeus, he said. But in a 1781 letter to the Royal Academy in Brussels, Ben Franklin wrote, A few stems of asparagus eaten shall give our urine a disagreeable odor. I think he was trying to convince the Academy to discover some sort of drug that shall render the natural discharges of wind from our bodies not only offensive, but agreeable as perfume. So I think basically he was saying, it must have given him gas too, because I think he was trying to find out a way to make his fart smell good. <laughs> well, is, is that where the Academy of Brussels came up with sprouts? Oh, probably so. <laughs> it didn't work, but they but, can keep trying. It was, yeah, they, yeah. it was successful as far as I'm concerned. But what scientists tell us what it all comes down to is a chemical called uh, asparagusic acid, asparagusic acid. Um, so, you know, it's like when your body's ingests a vegetable, they break this chemical down to a group of uh, related sulfur. Isn't that what it smells like? Well, Sulfur-containing products, yeah. Dimethyl sulfide, dimethyl disulfate. <laughs> I mean, it goes on and well, on. It's the same thing that makes uh, rotten eggs smell bad. Exactly. But our body, people forget our body is a chemical factory. 
we're just a whole bunch of chemical reactions going on all the time. So anytime a chemical, there's going to be reactions. And that reaction for 50% of the population is a really, really, you know, imagine the first guy that ate asparagus and went and got, and went and peed. And went, Dumb, I'm dying, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, if you think about your body as, as, as the chemical factory, I mean, just a bunch of chemical reactions as far as our physical being goes, why on earth would you want to introduce unknown factors into that equation? Yeah, I know. Yeah. We've kind of been led down that road, you know, to sometimes you don't have a choice other than to experiment with these things. But, you know, we're, we're, we're programmed, Alan, to, to do certain things. We're a very programmable species. You know, if you were in chem chemistry class in, say, high school or college, and your professor gives you the reagents to perform an experiment, mm -hmm. the experiment will go properly if you do it the way that it's in the instructions tell you to. But sure. if you say, well, you know what, I think this experiment would be better if I add this other thing that's not part of this reaction, what happens? Well, well, your experiment will fail. It doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't do what it's supposed to. It will. Or it'll go horribly bad. <laughs> or it could explode. <laughs> Careful what you put in there. But this, it's the same way Absolutely. in considering what we eat. Of course, we don't look at food as what it truly is, and that's where we've missed the boat. We've had a hundred years of people telling us, like I said, to look the other direction. So, so for asparagus, I mean, it is the time of year for it to start coming. Mm. Is it too late to plant asparagus? I haven't done it yet. I've, I've heard it takes a while. It requires patience. I mean, I'm, I'm not a gardener, and this is not a gardening show. You won't get a harvest for maybe a couple of years, and so the patience factor. It's a it's a patient teaching plant, and then when it grows, yeah, it grows like crazy. You know, you can't eat it fast enough. But well, I mean, if it, if I have access to asparagus, I'm not going to be able to eat it fast enough. No, that's true. <laughs> I find it silly. I haven't been putting it in our smoothies, and we have a a blended smoothie every night we have along with our Ezekiel bread and almond butter. And you know, we put apples and carrots and strawberries and berries and then we'll throw a couple spears of asparagus and it disappears, but what a great way to, to you know, get it. Did you uh, eat it when you were younger? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, your I, I wasn't so crazy about it when I was, but I'm a kid who loved Brussels sprouts too. Yeah. And so maybe I'm, I'm not yeah. quite, we're, we're both, we're both, uh, both those weird guys. Don't we like. necessarily fit the mold there. <laughs> well, I remember mom used to open up those cans and and it would plop out and it's nasty lace. It's no, you know, when you see asparagus like that, it's no wonder people hate asparagus because it was that's the first version. It was it like awful. It was oh, gross. Gross. I remember when we were kids, mom finally, we had a neighbor down the street. We grew up in Warren Park in Indianapolis. And when we were kids, we still played outside till like eight or nine at nine o'clock until mom told us to come in. And we remember we used to take spears of asparagus. Uh, um, I, I can't remember if we stole them or actually asked permission, but or was it growing in the yard? Well, it wasn't our yard yet, but it was, so it was in our neighbor's yard because ours hadn't we haven't had any growing yet. Like it's, you know, it takes a while. But anyway, we used to in our youth, my brothers there were three of us, and we were very quite young, and we would uh, very quiet. Boy, there's a <laughs> I'm a writer too. We would take them and pretend they were spears, and we would have these swashbuckling fantasies and run around the yard and pretending they were swords. And then mom would yell out, "Be careful before you don't you don't fall. You might poke yourself in the eye with that." thing you know be careful with those spears and well, well they are called spears of asparagus yeah i know yeah <laughs> the spears of asparagus there's a movie line in there sometimes the spears of asparagus rise out of anyway but you know mom would cook asparagus and she would still I remember uh, we would cook it to death but you know today i think you and i both agree that we just we take them wash them off and delicately crack off that little bottom 
part that naturally just go with it pick up it and don't try to decide where it is let the asparagus tell you where it is because if you kind of bend the asparagus a little bit down the end it will snap where it's supposed to then that part you would not want to do put it in your compost because uh, it's kind of chewy and sinewy a little fibrous a yeah. little fibrous oh where'd that <laughs> bell come from little guy runs through here and rings that bell uh, and then now today, I think, instead of doing that, now steaming, I mean, we do want to cook it on a, on a stove. Uh, they say steaming is probably the best way to, to maintain the integrity of the vitamins in that. Now, it doesn't mean steaming it until they're cooked to oblivion. It means... Well, until it comes out with the same consistency as it did in the can. Yeah, well, yeah, no, <laughs> then you've just kind of gone back to step one again. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> But we just we just brush it out a little olive oil on there, and if you got the grill going while you're cooking the salmon dish, because you know it oh, yeah. pairs well with salmon and, and a little roasted potatoes. But like you do, a little olive oil. Is that why you do it? Oh yeah, just mix it up with a little olive mm -hmm. oil, maybe a little garlic, uh, you know, maybe maybe some, a little S and P, a little yeah. salt and pepper just, on there. Just just a little, and just don't let it cook too long. Don't walk away. Don't you know? Don't walk away and have a conversation because you, cooking is a meditation. Now, stay there, appreciate what's going on. Keep your asparagus company. Anything you're grilling, don't walk away. Well, and if you do it for too long, it's, it's gone it's again. Good. And then you've caused a char on the outside. And any kind of char is not good for us. Uh, so we, we tend to think that black stuff on steaks and vegetables is good for us when actually it's not really the best thing we could be eating. It's carbon. I mean, you know, sure, sure. Turn something back to its original composition. <laughs> But, oh my gosh, ashes to ashes. Ashes to ashes. <laughs> I just remember pulling that off the grill and just biting into it. And, and you tasted the sunshine. You tasted just the pure flavor of how God made the, you know, we just need to be, eat more mindfully. Eating is a meditation. What did you say a while ago? Of, uh, eating is, is, is a form of gratitude. The dinner table is an altar. You know what you were saying? Sure. It's an altar of gratitude that all it is for every bit of nutrition because without this food, we would perish. You know, our body is constantly trying to keep us alive. It spends 365 days a year all your life. But if you don't give it the vitamins that the universe and God created for us to use, we came from the We are nothing but a carbon-based species. We have certain needs and they're chemical and it comes from the food we eat. We are, we are if you took our ashes and pile them up and I've got a, a two dogs and my mother in the other room, <laughs> you know? And if I were to take the ashes out and you were to have them analyzed, they would be all the ingredients that are required for life to grow and that's how the universe began. It had all these, and we are made of that. So are fruits and vegetables. So why we would go to anything that's not carbon-based from source, God, and eat something that came out of a factory that some cackling alchemist is dancing around a kitchen in a lab them day going, I invented the fake blueberry. I invented fake asparagus. I can outdo God. I've created an edible food-like substance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what would Michael Pollan say? That's what, that's what Michael Pollan's thing was. A, a barely edible food-like substance. Uh, there, there's a, a certain product that uh, resembles cheese that uh, I, I, I've noted from a very young age that it, does, it, it doesn't actually say che cheese on it, but we, you know, we always called it cheese. But on American it, it, cheese? it actually says cheese food product. Yeah, it never says, yeah. I think they've taken the word cheese off uh, on Kraft has. I think they've taken the word cheese off. And someone took a piece of this Kraft cheese and put a lighter to it, like a Bunsen burner. It burns. No, well, nothing happened nothing to it. Nothing happened? No, it just, no, it did not burn at all. I, okay, so I was, I was presuming there's enough... 
I was presuming there's enough oil in that that it would just light right up. Well, but we don't know what it is. I called Kraft, as a syndicated writer, I called Kraft this time 10 years ago. I said, hey, I like, I'm a writer. I'd like to know what is in your cheese, I asked him. And of course, you go, well, I don't know. Can you wait just one minute? It was like, uh-oh, we got one of them on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but we digress. But we digress. <laughs> We're here to talk about asparagus. Oh, yeah. Hey, but, but, but we don't want to melt cheese sauce on it either. So we tied the cheese in there. So. Well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, and no go. aerosol cheese, please. You know, aerosol <laughs> cheese. Oh, my God, that's awful. I saw it on a TV show the other night. Someone was spraying it on white bread. And I thought, wow, there's a... There's a really bad combination, but... Um, it's funny when Elwood Blues gets the, his can of spray cheese, but other than that... Elwood Blues, oh my God. But anyway, let's see. Oh my gosh, you know, you know, they said in 19th century France, bridegrooms were required to eat several courses of asparagus because it was alleged to have the power to arouse. So there's a lot of... How many more reasons do you need Aphrodisiac to eat Aphrodisiac too. No, I'm not sure about that, but it did have the power to arouse, so I don't know. What well, that, that's, that means aphrodisiac to me. So you don't want to let your asparagus overcook because it will go limp. Bada boom. <laughs> All right. Honey, we're having asparagus tonight. Oh, good, dear, please. Have two portions now. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Just go away. Go away with it. But anyway, you know, now if you want, I, if you want to roast them in the oven, sometimes, always wash your asparagus. Anything grown close to the ground, you don't know. There could be little critter droppings. And it's just always good to wash anything, even if it's organic. Some people think just because it's organic, you don't need to clean it. Well, you know, there's things outside that, you know, you need to wash off. But I preheat the oven to about 425 is what I do. And, and I, uh, I put them, like you say, in olive oil. Um, and I think the amount of money, that time is four to five minutes, Alan. We talked about how you do it. I think well, you, you want to have Well, you don't want to overdo it. Don't wanna, and you don't want your, fire, your, your grill right down on the flame. You know, I mean, it'll raise it up so it cooks a little slower and it roasts slower. So you, middle rack. Middle rack. Um, yeah, because a lot of things happen when you get, you know, like meat, you know, when you put meat too close to the, uh, to the grill and it gets charred. Um, then that's where they say there's a cancer thing, but, uh, but you know what? But then we got the salmon thing, you know. You well, got that salmon going right next to it. It's grilling and it's smoking, and you got the asparagus. Going. Is there anything better than asparagus with salmon? Well, it seems to be an American, and the little red roasted potatoes that are tossed in butter. Oh yes. <laughs> but you can, actually, you can. I like. I used to take those little potatoes and parboil them. And then when I do my asparagus, I toss it with the potatoes and the asparagus together in the olive and salt, salt mm -hmm. and pepper. Then I would let them, so the potatoes are half cooked, you know, so they're ready to, ready to go. So then I put the potatoes and the asparagus right on the grill. And those little baby reds, yeah. don't, don't peel them, leave that skin on there because that's where all the fiber is. Fiber balls get to work out today. Fiber balls that's right, you know. But then, you know, we get, everybody asks me, hey, oh, I always get this all the time. Oh my God, what kind of, what kind of uh, salmon do I eat? You know, what would you where would you go well would you go to fresh or farm or um, you know cold water uh, Alaskan which is like 35 million dollars a pound <laughs> right <laughs> I mean there, there are different types I mean it, and that they're actually slightly different species between the Pacific and the Atlantic right, right. but ultimately it comes down to wherever it's raised and this includes mm -hmm. it's, it's still salmon well like a farm-raised salmon you know, they, they can legally still call it Atlantic salmon because that's species-wise, that's what it is. But see, the misconception of, of people is, oh, this came from the Atlantic freshwater. It probably came from a, a farm in the middle of Iowa, <laughs> you know, where the guys are spraying herbicides around the fields next to it, and all those herbicides are, are running into the water, and the fish will obviously take that into their body, you know. They say the, the, the pollutants in farm-raised fish, you know, the thing, I, I got to admit, I thought that farm-raised fish 
had less omega-3 than the ocean-raised fish. And apparently, farm-raised fish has a little bit more, so I, I, I learned something here. But that's kind of what we seek salmon for, mostly, is that omega-3, and plus it tastes good, and you know, we, like, we like the flavor of it. But there's something called POPs. You ever hear that? POPs. That proof of performance? <laughs> well, no. no, but it would work. Persistent organic pollutants that are in the, uh, the water and uh, in, in our environment, they're called POPs. They, they sound dangerous, and they are. They're linked to several diseases, including type 2 diabetes. And what's happened is, is this is in the water that the salmon are grown in, in the inland, you know, these factory farms. Right. They have to put a lot of, of cancer-causing chemicals in there. So, you know, you we're getting an omega-3, but we're also getting big hits of, of, of POPs, persistent, you know, organic uh, pollutants. So POPs have been linked to diseases as diabetes and obesity. Evidence suggests that obesity may be even more of a risk factor for diabetes when POPs are present. So it's a combination of a lot of things. Well, again, it's that chemistry experiment that if you throw exactly. in another reagent, you exactly. don't know what you're going to get out. We're in an area we shouldn't be messing with, you know? Um, specific types of POPs that are in the food system and especially in the water that these fish are grown in uh, increase the risk of stroke in women. So, you know, when you look around, at our, at our America, how sick we are, we have to go right back to food and realize that it's the stuff that they're putting in the food that we don't even know are there. And we wouldn't be intentionally saying, hey, I want some POPs with my salmon. We have no choice. We have to eat it that way. Um, oh, just like we have to be careful what we're eating, we should also investigate what is our food eating. Oh boy, isn't that the truth? That's the truth. They say people, um, PCBs, which is the runoff from the farms in the fields, are up to five to ten times higher in farm-raised fish than in our wild-caught fish. So the PCBs, you hear about them all the time, they've been proven to cause cancer, but they're ubiquitous and you can't get away from them. They're in the, whole, they're in the system. So that's what we need to watch out for. That's, 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 that's the problem we have right now. You know, water pollution, anytime, that's why you don't want to eat a lot of salmon one way or the other, whether it's farm-raised or wild-raised, because our waters are so polluted in the, in the world. They're finding radiation and food coming out of the Pacific now. But not only that, our, our, whatever the fish is swimming through, whatever type quality of water it's swimming, it's like us. We become what we eat. The fish absorb and become what they eat too. It's all part of the environment. And then when we eat them, we get exactly the poisons that they ate. So this is why it's, it's, it's a real conundrum nowadays. Um, and which is why you have to be <coughs> aware of what it is that you're doing. I mean, so, yeah. you know, like I said, you know, where did your food come from? What did your food eat? Well, you know, if, right. if it's a grown food, I mean, it, it's eating the, the chemicals in the soil and the, you know, the fertilizers mm -hmm. that are being put on it mm -hmm. and whatever's in the water that's being mm -hmm. fed to it. Exactly. Um, if, it's, well, you know, if it's your salmon, then you know, <coughs> it's in the water that it's swimming absolutely. through. It's in the, uh, the littler fish that it's eating. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, the, the big fish, little fish keeping eating. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just an ending, never-ending spiral. And then we're the next step on the food chain. That's right. Well, you know, most fish are, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Association says we all together collectively eat about three and a half ounces of fish, oh, um, uh, I guess, per week. Some, you know, some more yeah, than others, some obviously. Some more than others. Now, I haven't eaten fish in a long time, but 80% but of the world's fish stocks are fully to overexploited. And if we don't change things, you know, it's been estimate, estimated that the stocks of uh, every wild-caught seafood, every wild-caught, every wild-caught seafood, not just salmon, will collapse by 2048. You know what this makes me think about, Alan? It makes me think that 
you see a lot about plant-based eating right now. More and more people, good grief, even Gordon Ramsay's going plant-based eating <laughs> vegan, okay? But you're seeing the more of an urgency now that we have to go plant-based because we're killing the environment. We're, we're raping Earth of its resources and then trying to create them like mad scientists <laughs> in a laboratory. Yes, we have a big population to feed. Yes, it's a serious problem. How are we going to feed all these people? I do understand that there's a certain motivation about why they have to do this. But it's because the demand for fish is so high, they have to supply the demand. And yet, all we have to do is back off and we, we lessen demand. And yet, science tells us that salmon is probably one of the most sustainable fish that we can yeah, that's consume. True. That's true. It's just that we have to go to the trouble of doing mm -hmm. that. I mean, there are people working on this and there's people who are, are doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, and those people are to be commended, absolutely. Uh, so but there's it, a lot of people who don't care. <laughs> exactly. So they're monsters. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that that end of things will eventually grow to where it needs to be, well, but it. it's not there yet. We're getting there. Aqua farming has its has its has its place, and and I think they're doing shrimp. They're doing all. But you know, if you don't keep those aqua farms clean, you ever have a fish in your house when you were growing up? Oh yes. And if you didn't take care of the water, it got kind of snarky, and then the fishes and their fishes got. I mean, it's that's it's the whole concept. You've got your own little aqua farm. If you don't take care of it and keep it clean then it's going to go for cocktail on you. you well, know? And, and again, it's an entire ecosystem in there. And if you don't take care of the ecosystem, then the ecosystem that is your body is going to get out That's of right. whack as well. Absolutely. God, it's amazing how beautiful our body is. And you need to remember that it is a, it's a series of, of cascades of events. This causes this, this causes this, this causes this. But all together, it makes us who we are, it makes us what we are. It makes us able to do what we're here for do our job, service God. We all had a mission. Some of us have opened up the gift. Some of us haven't, but you know, we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing. Well, don't leave the present sitting under the tree. No, oh my goodness, no. I know I'm, I'm on a roll right now. I'm, I'm, you know, when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, Alan, opportunities will just plop right in front of you if you're present and you're watching and paying attention. It's like a miracle. Miracles are all around you, but unless you're paying attention and in the moment, you miss them, you know, it's just, they're always there. You know, doors open so all doors the time, open. but if you're only staring down the hallway, you'll never see them. And if you're focused on the wrong things, you know, I'm, I don't want people to listen to this podcast and get all fearful because um, we can't fear, we can't let ourselves fear change and fear what you're hearing about. I'm giving people, together with you, we're giving people enough information that they can make better decisions. They can become that organic, beautiful person, that beautiful soul that they were designed to be. And that's what I'm trying to get people to realize is that by, that's why I want you to eat from nature. I want you to eat what the universe had for you to eat because, made for you to eat, created for you to eat, because we won't evolve. We're evolving. Every single breath we take, we're evolving. And we need to see that, see that evolution and, and make that the, the seed of our, our goal. And, and we're just so way off base right now. But I want people to be scared. I want them to use this information and and take a big drink of it when they're ready. Not right now, I'm not trying to drop everything and change the way you eat right now. But when you're ready, the information is, that's what this podcast is all, that's what my books are about, that's what my, my Eat Right Now program, that's what Live Right Now, giving people information that allows them to become that sweet, uniquely beautiful soul that they are, and well, be happy. Well, it's giving the information to make that one more better decision each day. Exactly. And if you just make one more decision, and the next day, you know, stick with that decision, make another one. And you get stronger and another, each day, right? And it, it builds and it yeah. grows and yes. it becomes a living thing unto exactly. itself. We create 
our reality with our choices. We are, you know, so true, Alan. You know, it's all about choices, isn't it? But we are the sum of all the choices that we make in our lives. At this point in time, you are the end result of all your exposures, everything from the time you were born to the last ten to two minutes ago. So that's why I always say, like food, choose carefully what you expose yourself to. How you how you live your life is important as how you choose what you eat. Choose who you live or hang around with because you're the five people you spend the most time with. They're going to affect you more than anybody else. So in the in the food world, the choices you make about food are kind of the same way. Choose, let's say, the five or six most healthy of foods and surround them with you. Health, the way you eat and, and the people that, who are... I used to hang around with people who would try to force me to eat bacon. Ha <laughs> eat bacon, Wendell, and they knew I was a vegetarian. Good part of joking. But, you know, that's, I don't like hanging around people like that. I want people who accept me for who I am and, 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 and can see the window that I become and, and the people that, who have eaten plant-based food, and you'll see them a year later and they'll look like, what happened to you? They glow. Their health is good. They're happier. That's the kind of preaching we do. We don't get out and preach. We role model. And I think that's, you know. Well, I mean, it's just like I live my faith. Of and, course you do. And, Beautifully. And, and in the way that, you know, you... You know, do that. It's same with you know, with my faith. I, I would want to be the kind of Christian who people will see and, and get to know and go. You know, I they're, they're, I've been told. You know, I don't typically like to, to hang around Christians, but I like you. <laughs> yeah, I know that weird. <laughs> so you know, you know, being that person who is the example of, and it might be the counter example to, to all else that you see. Because I mean, there's a lot of of plant-based preachers, if mm -hmm. you will, out there, people who mm -hmm. are, are on and on about, you know, eat vegetarian, be vegan, you know, meat, you know, meat is murder and, and, and all that. There's a lot of those people out there giving this a bad name. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so another way that we're trying to you know, help people is to kind of turn that just a little bit, I think. And if, true. You, know, if, you know, if people see us as, you know, as, as the good guys, <laughs> Yeah. Do you see us as the good yeah, guys? Yeah, 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 do you? I think we're, 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 we're coming together. It's a coming together of, there's no separation in anything we believe. We, can find, we find ways to agree on every, almost everything, Alan. We, we're, not, we're more alike than we're, than we're different. We worship the same Jesus, the same God. I, 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 I like Buddhist philosophy. And I'm just, it's not a religion, it's just a way of living. And I love it. You know, it's a little bit. It's like, it's like eating. You got to sample a lot of things <laughs> to get all the nutrients. You're make, your health is like a, a stew. And, and you a little of this, a little of that. And you come up with this one beautiful thing. And, uh, you know, when you, when you finally get it, when, it wake, when you wake up, folks, are you waking up? I, I hope you understand what I mean by waking up. We've been sleepwalking through this, our lives, obediently being told what to do, you know, and, and few of us have turned around and gone backwards. Like when you see all, all the buffaloes running towards the, the cliff, <laughs> Don't be the, the one person that's running the other direction always stands out more than anybody else. And that's usually... It very often gets run over by the herd of buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at least I'm not going to jump off the cliff like everybody else. Oh, but but anyway. if, if you are a person who wants to wake up, if something we've said maybe has, has touched a nerve with you, if you have decided that maybe I do want to make that one more good decision, uh, there are resources for you. Uh, oh, Chief of Mitch, ChefWendell.com. You can go there. You can find all kinds of resources. Look for Chef Wendell Fowler on YouTube. You can yeah. find us on our Facebook page now. Right. Live yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we thank all of the folks who have joined us there. We've got 89 
people who are fans right now, I hope, <laughs> I'd love to see us go over 100. I'd love to see us keep growing from there. It's going to grow, I guarantee you, my friend. And then hashtag Team Wendell for the yep. kids. Yep. And, yep. Don't forget hashtag Team Wendell for the kids. I hope that this is you know, the beginning of a movement. Yeah, just take one step at a time, Alan, like you've been preaching. And, and, and just don't put any pressure on yourself. Congratulate yourself for a job well done. And love yourself. Because we love you. That's right. We sincerely hope you like what you heard and you'll look for us on iTunes and Stitcher. Maybe even leave a comment for us and join us next time as we talk about ways that you can live right now.